Hey everybody, this is Ruben, and you're listening to Amazing Stories. Stories are webs. They are connected strand to strand. You follow each story to the center because the center is the end. All stories are Anansi stories. Even this one. And most begin, as most things begin, with a song. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We look forward to the time of the glorious resurrection. When the dead rise again to the glory of the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now members of the family will speak in memory of the dead party. <clears throat> Thank you. Uh, I was never what you would call close to my father. I've not been a part of his life for 20 years, and he hasn't been a part of mine. But then, one day, you turn around and you've got no family left. So, I'm not ashamed for you to hear me say this. Something I've, I've never said in my whole life. Uh, I love you, Dad. And, and I'll never forget you. You stop bothering those people and get your ass over here this minute. Uh, uh, sorry, folks. Wrong funeral. Sorry for your loss. You don't hear me yelling? You went right down past me. I'm sorry, Mrs. Higgler. Bad enough you're missing your own father's funeral. Making an embarrassment of yourself, Fat Charlie. Charles Nancy is known as Fat Charlie, but you can see he's not fat. He was only ever fat from around the age of 10, when his mother announced that if there was one thing she was over and done with, it was her marriage to Charlie's father. To the age of 14, when Fat Charlie grew a bit and exercised more. Now he's just a little soft around the edges, but the name Fat Charlie stuck. Your father's here. You missed the service and everything. The flight arrived late in Orlando and then I got off at the wrong exit. There's a shovel full of dirt waiting for you. Wasn't someone supposed to fill in the grave after he was put in? Here's the shovel. What? Shovel! And if you got any goodbyes, you can say them while you're shoveling the dirt. I, I thought I was just meant to do a spade for you. are flying all the way from England. You can do right by your father. Right, got it. On my coat. Uh-huh. Let's get it over with. It was a pretty service. Some of your daddy's old drinking buddies were there. And all the ladies from our street. Oh, uh-uh, it's raining. I noticed. Come along. I'll have the attendant finish this off. Some homecoming. 
Look at you, soaked to the skin and covered in dirt. <laughs> but you grew up. You're crying. No, it's the rain on my face. Oh, hush now. You come in here for a hug. I'd really rather. Oh, there now. Old Kali, look out for Nancy's boy. I'm okay. Thank you, Mrs. Higgler. Okay. There's food back at the house. Who's going to be there? Most people will have gone home. But I expect there'll be Mrs. Bustamante and Mrs. Dunwiddie. Mrs. Dunwiddie's still alive. Still alive and tinier than ever. Oh, what happened to your accent? You sound Australian. I was English. Been there too long. Sorry. Don't be sorry. Me like it. Now you'll recall that most things begin with a song. In the beginning were the words, and they came with a tune. That's how the world was made, how the lands and the stars and the little gods and the animals and the cliffs that bound existence came to be. They were sung. Songs last long after the events and the people in them are dust and dreams and gone. That's the power of songs. You hungry for Charlie? I'm fine, Mrs. Bustamonte. It's just Charlie. You looked in. Honest, I'm good. Mrs. Dunwiddie brought her speciality too. You want some curry good? No good starving yourself in your grief. I'm just not hungry, Mrs. Dunwiddie. Miss mm. Ray going to shrivel you away till you're pure skin and bone, man. Mm. I don't think it will. I put a plate here for you too. Sit. Thank you. You got stoopy and rice and sweet potato pudding, jerk pork, curry goat, curry chicken, fried plantains, and a pickled cow foot. Just a snack. Eat up now. There's more of everything, so don't worry about that. Yes, ma'am. Where's my coffee? You finish it. I'm pouring another. Me see plenty people die any time. Get old enough, you will too. Everybody dead one day. Just give them time. That coffee ready? Just about. Still, me never thought it would happen to your daddy. There. Mm. Good. What was he like when he was young? Mm. Before my time. Surely he wasn't that old. Hush now, Charlie. So, um, how did he die? Eat your cold foot. Fat Charlie Nancy's father died with a song on his lips. Good evening, bartender. Two fingers of my usual libation, if you please. Five bucks. Up front, you owe me already. <laughs> But I always leave you with a room full of happy people. If you can get him singing and drinking, I'll buy you drinks for a month. <laughs> I'll take that wager, my man. <laughs> Ladies, are we enjoying ourselves this evening? Where are you from? We're on vacation from Michigan. But this place is pretty quiet. Oh, damn. It gets better. Just you wait. Microphone, please, barman. On the stage. Where it always is. Thank you. Thank you. Now... All we need is a song for a special lead. I've got you under my skin. 
Now, Anansi was old. The women he was singing to were all young enough to be his daughters, but he was charm itself, like something from a bygone age where fine manners and courtly gestures were worth something. He had a fine voice, an excellent smile, and a green fedora hat, yellow gloves, and his feet twinkled when he danced. Yes, baby, I've got you under my skin. Yeah. That man is just about the cutest thing I've ever seen. Sing it again, honey. Only if I can sing it for you, hon. Come on up here. Give the girl a round of applause. Come on, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> You're right, darling. You come? Right here, hon. <laughs> come with the tune one more time. I've got you under my skin. I've got you deep in the heart. Charlie's father clutches his chest, stretching the other hand out to stop himself from falling. It fastens onto the tube top of the holiday maker. As he falls, pulling it with him, she is left bare-breasted for all the world to see. So, so... Tragic on fear. Embarrassing. Spontaneous human combustion. That wouldn't be embarrassing, but... Breasts. Charlie, why did you ring me? Oh, uh, I wanted to ask Dad to come to my wedding. Get married. Well, if that don't beat all. Mm, my, my. When... Not till the end of the year. To an English girl? Her name's Rosie. Well, what's she like? She's just really nice. She wanted me to invite Dad. She loved the idea of bringing us together after all these years. <laughs> what a fine girl. She's a lovely person. Hmm, he left the AC on. Typical. You're going to have to decide what to do with all your daddy's things here. Look at this photo of your mom when she was young. I remember uh, when she was ill that time and the doctors gave her no hope and I asked you to tell him to come see her. And all he sent was flowers? Hmm. Flowers... He think he can get around me that easy, does he, Charlie? Mom, the best thing you ever did was to leave him and come to England. I'll throw these out. No, I want them by my bed. He coming to visit me? Mom, he's not coming. In the card he says he's got business. I know. I know. What's that? Oh, he's here. Good morning, nurse. Good morning, Pat Charlie. And good morning to my dear wife. Mr. Nancy Senior, uh, you must make these people vacate the ward at once without further disturbance. Why, sister, I have never in my long life seen such a tidy ward. And here we are messing it up. 
Oh, but don't that dark blue outfit set off your eyes perfectly? Excuse me. You can't beat a 50 cent cheroot. Dad, you can't smoke in here. Well, one little cigar, it won't do any harm. Oh, I'm needed. You stay as long as you like, Mr. Nancy. Thank you. <laughs> Honey, I came. You made them play my favorite song. And what kind of man would I be if I forgot that? Dad didn't stay long, of course. But they sent Mum home later that same day. Said she was in complete remission. So she packed a suitcase. Said she'd always wanted to travel the world. She died in her sleep in a hotel in Williamstown. On St Andrews, where she was born. That made her better somehow. Better enough to do what she'd always wanted before she died. Just because they divorced, don't mean he didn't love her. He loved all of you. So why did he call me Fat Charlie? He gave things names. The name stuck. And no matter how much puppy fat I lost, I was always Fat Charlie. He had a sense of fun. Oh, is that what you call it? When I had to change schools as a kid, he told me how much he always looked forward to President's Day when he was a boy. Because it was the law that on President's Day, the kids who went to school dressed as their favourite president got a big bag of candy. Him say that? You actually dress up as a president? Yup. Which one? Lincoln? Washington? Taft. Who the heck was Taft? 27th president. But he looked nice in the photos. I wore my brown pants with a pillow stuffed down the front and a painted on moustache. I walked in so proudly, the other kids just screamed and pointed. I locked myself in a stall in the boys' room and cried. You poor thing. What did your daddy say when you get home? He hooted with laughter. Then he told me that maybe they didn't do that President's Day stuff anymore. And Mum divorced him and took me to England. I never knew him, not really. You know what him used to say when people asked what he did? No. He'd say, it's the miracle of the loaves and the fishes. Uh... Like in the Bible. Your dad used to say that he loaves and fishes, and it's a miracle that he still made money. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember, after the President's Day thing, he took me to the beach to look for mermaids. Mermaids? We'd walk along the beach and he'd start singing and doing a dance on the sand. And he told me there were mermaids out in the Atlantic. Mermaids swimming by just to watch me dance. There ain't no mermaids, Daddy. There are two. You look fast enough and sharp enough, you'll see one. There, did you see her? A big old redhead with a green tail. <laughs> And I looked and I looked, but I never did. He just danced on up the beach. All the ladies loved him. So, did you... Eh, what kind of a question is that to be asking a respectable widow woman? Sorry. I kissed him. Long, long before he met your mother. He was a fine kisser. But he went away... Long time. By the time he come back, I was married to Mr. Higler, and he's bringing back your mother. Out on the islands he met her, on St. Andrews. The way he look at her. Do you think they were happy? In the beginning. But not even she could keep his attention for very long. 
He had so much to do. <laughs> so much to do? What, like fish off bridges, play dominoes on the porch? He never did a day's work in his life. You can't judge him like you would judge a man. You've got to remember, Fat Charlie, that your father was a god. He was not a god. He was my dad. You can't be both. It happens. If my dad was a god, why aren't I a god too? If he was a god, why can't I bet on winning horses or do magic or miracles or things? Well, that's easy. Your brother got all the god stuff. He was a handful. But Luella Dunwiddie made him go. Uh, Mrs. Higgler, I don't have a brother. Well, who's that in that photograph in the wall then? What, this photo? Yes. Well, that's me. It's just me when I was a kid, standing beside a mirrored door. It's, it's me and my reflection. I would have liked a brother, somebody to play with. Well, if you need someone, just tell a spider. <laughs> tell a spider? It was how I used to send messages to your father. Right. Don't you say right like that. Sorry? You think I just tuck in for my health, exercising my lungs? You should listen to me. I am listening. You don't know nothing about your father. I tell you, your father is a god. You know, even ask me what god I talking about. Uh, so, mm. which god was he? Back then, they called him a Nancy. Not Nancy, like my name. Your name, just a version of his boy. Your life, just one of his stories. I don't know any of his stories. <laughs> you know the Nancy stories. There's no one in the whole wide world who doesn't know some Nancy stories. When the world was young, Anansi was a spider. He used to get himself into and out of trouble. Anansi's stories go back as long as people have been telling each other stories, even before people were painting on cave walls. Back then, all the animals wanted to have the stories. Lion was the king of beasts. And Monkey, the most foolish. And Tiger, the most terrible. Before the stories were Anansi's, they belonged to Tiger and were filled with pain and none of them ended happily. Brother Anansi, if you lie to me, I'll tear out your throat. But Anansi the spider tricked all of them. Especially Tiger, because he wanted to own all the stories. So these days, every story is a Nancy's, and they are the ones people want to hear. But I thought a Nancy was a spider. Sure he was, except when he looked like a man. It's just a matter of how you tell the story, that's all. So what time you say your flight was back to England? Hey. Hello. How was it? It could have been worse. My mum says we ought to put off the wedding. There's a sign of respect. Your mum just wants us to put off the wedding full stop. There is nobody walking the earth good enough to be her son-in-law. She likes you. Yeah. Right. Rosie's mother did not like Fat Charlie. She lived in a magnificent flat in Wimpole Street with nothing in the fridge but bottles of vitamin water and rye crackers. Wax fruit sat in the bowls on the antique sideboards. Even after Fat Charlie mistakenly took a bite out of one of the apples the first time they met. 
Do you know just how much real wax fruit costs these days, Mr. Nancy, even if one can find it? Um. Yes, I thought not. Can I have a glass of water, Mrs. Noah? I can still taste it. In the kitchen. Thank you. Well, what do you think? I think he's after you for my money. I have to be at work today. I can't afford two days unpaid leave. You should find a better job. Graham Coates is a weasel, but no, a stoat. It's my job. Oh, the water's gone off in my flat. Can I take a bath at your place tonight? Can I sponge you down? <laughs> Charlie. Sure, not a problem. We'll be married soon enough. I know. Now, I'll be over at eight. How are you for towels? Um. I'll bring my own. Can you jump out here? I can turn up Drury Lane. Sure. See you later. The Graham Coates Agency occupies the top floor of a grey Victorian building in the Oldwich, London. Morning, Annie. Charlie, I told people you wouldn't be back until tomorrow because of the funeral. I couldn't keep away. Obviously not. You need to phone Maeve Livingston. But Livingston's are handled by Mr Coates. Well, he wants to see you as soon as you get back, which I suppose is now. Oh, right. Graham Coates Agency, good morning. How may I direct you? Mr Coates? Hello? Uh, Mr Coates? Graham? Oh, well. Ah, oh, Charlie, you're back with us, I see, as it were. Oh, hi, I thought you Come would... in, come in. Right, I was told that you were, in fact, not returning until tomorrow. Yeah, I got in this morning from Florida. Thought I'd come in, lots to do. Absolutely, yes, but you're still using up one of your sick days. Oh, right. Now, Maeve Livingston, worried widow of the late Morris, formerly the most famous short Yorkshire comedian, uh, she needs reassurance. Fair words and fine promises... Sorting out Morris's estate and getting money to her is the issue. Rome was not built in a day. <laughs> she phones me daily for hand-holding and I'm busy. So, I turn the task over to you. Right. No rest for the wicked. Another day, another dollar. Nose to the grindstone. Shoulder to the wheel. Delightful chatting with you, but we both have much work to do. Yes. Yes, of course. Hello? Morris Livingston residence. Uh, hello, Mrs Livingston. This is Charles Nancy from the Accounts Department of the Graham Coates Agency. Oh, I, I thought Graham would be phoning me himself. Uh, he's a bit tied up. Can I help? Well, I'm wondering whether the bank manager is wondering when the rest of the money from Morris's estate will come through. They called the BBC and they said they've made several payments since Morris's death. Oh, I'm, I'm sure Mr Coates is on top of this. <laughs> you know... They've released the whole of Morris Livingston, I presume, on DVD now. Makes me miss the spotlight, I can tell you. That was how I met Morris, you know. I was a dancer. I had my own career. Well, I, I promise I'll let Mr Coates know. I'm sure he'll get back to you shortly. Thank you, dear. On his way home, Charlie buys white wine, pizza and a patchouli-scented candle. It's the time of the season. By the time Rosie arrives... Late from her yoga class following a traffic jam, he has drunk most of the white wine and consumed all but one lonely triangle of pizza. After the wax apple incident, he has not been tempted to eat the candle. White wine. Hi, guys. Right, 
Scrub your back. What is it? In the sink, look. What? A spider, it's huge. <laughs> it's a garden spider, seriously. I'm sorry, it took me by surprise. I'll wash it away. Don't you dare, it's a living thing, take it outside. Right, yes. Right, little fella, let's just, there. Shoo, don't just sit there staring at me. Someone will tread on you. Go on, go on, bugger off. And if you see my brother, tell him to come by and say hello. And that got rid of it. So much for that nonsense. All done. I'm nice and clean. That was quick. Are you going already? Early start tomorrow. Why not stay? Charlie. There. That's your goodnight kiss. Ring you tomorrow. Ciao. Bye, Rosie. Fat Charlie sleeps deeply that night. He has a vivid dream involving a party in Beverly Hills. He is cool and slick, a real fly guy, showing the bartender how to make a purple cocktail. Now hand that out. And now I'm going to teach you all how to walk on water. <laughs> he leads them all to the pool. It's all a matter of confidence. You know, take off your shoes, everybody. Yeah, and, and they take off their shoes, and they step onto the surface of the swimming pool, and they walk on it. And that's when a little spider drops from a jasmine plant onto the palm of his hand. Hey, hello, buddy. And the spider says something to him, and he replies, <laughs> Ask, and you shall receive. And at that moment... Each of the people standing on the swimming pool remembers that water is a liquid and not solid. These movers and shakers of the dream machine are suddenly wet and scrabbling and terrified. And casually, the fly guy walks across the pool and at the far end where everything drops away down a steep hill, he takes a huge jump and dives into the lights of Los Angeles, which swallow him up. What? Six o'clock. You called me and I came. Now, you gonna open this door for me, Fat Charlie? Who are you? I'm your brother. You can call me Spider. What's your name? In episode one of A Nancy Boys by Neil Gaiman, adapted by Dirk Maggs, Charlie Nancy was played by Jacob Anderson, and Nancy by Lenny Henry, Spider Nancy by Nathan Stewart Jarrett, narrator Joseph Marcel, Rosie Noah, Sheila Atim, Mrs. Anansi, Angela Winter, Mrs. Higler, Tanya Moody, Mrs. Noah, Donna Kroll, Mrs. Dunwiddie, Cecilia Noble, Graham Coates, Julian Ryan Tutt, Maeve Livingstone, Julie Hesmanhalsh, Tiger, Arian Bakari, Preacher, Taylor Kovacevic Ebong, Annie, Isabella Inchbold, Sister, Suda Butcher, Bartender, Adam Fitzgerald, and young Charlie Nancy, Josiah Choto. And Nancy Boys was directed by Allegra McElroy. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to join us tomorrow for yet another amazing story.